Yo, what's this Jubilee Small Podcast? It's Thursday, 31st of March, 2016. Hello, Lauren Clark. It's Joe Farrell. How are you? Um, all right, and it's the end of the month. It, uh, I'm not going to say how fast this year is going, but we're one-third into the danger or the workout period of uh, Fat Club. Yeah, you knew that that was in the background of everyone's head. You know my... So, Fat Club. We're talking Fat Club, are we? No, we're Don't not. Don't think we're we sought permission regarding we're not, talking We're not living Fat Club. club. But, you know uh, my housemate? Yes. Funny you're singing that song because up until about a week ago, no, no, probably about six months ago. Yeah. She used to sing that song. Uh, was it, is it sort of along the lines of Highway to the Danger Zone? I think so. She used to sing it, I Went to the Danger Zone. <laughs> and she was just... Oh, look, we're not going to go into that no, because but it's I do a, love one of the most they're overdone the things. Yeah. I know, but, the but if you catch a, if you still catch it, one that uh, is not one of the uh, – what's what's the classic one everyone goes to? Um, oh, Excuse me while I kiss this guy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. The most overused yeah. uh, comment in the history of anything. Right. But no, but you bring up um, Fat Club. I did not bring up Fat Club. <laughs> and you Fat brought Club, up Fat Club. Fat Club was – Easter is like the devil to Fat Club. Oh, yeah. No, Easter. It's four bad. days where you and don't exercise. And you know what about else about Easter? Easter happens at a bad time for anybody who's attempting to use the year as a metaphor. So if you're like, renewal, I can do this, start of the year, mm. I'll be good, it'll be working, it'll be by the... T- and then Easter comes along just in time to clip your wings mm. as you're about to fly. Is I that reckon. a Jimi Hendrix song? <laughs> Anyway, tell me about Fat Club. Go on. Well, it doesn't to. matter, but I, I just needed to bring something to the podcast that was a little bit chirpier and, and positive because last two mornings... Well, I, we have been getting some letters of concern. I, I have. <laughs> it's almost like I've had grease coming out of my ears. I, I felt that sluggish and tired and I, I, I'm post-Easter-ish, right? Yes. But then I thought, this, I had an ice cream last night with my dinner. Nice. Uh, not with my dinner. It was after my dinner. Sure, yes. Um, uh, one came back from the shops and I thought Ooh. I'd eat it. Oh. And uh, <laughs> it was a, a Cornetto, in fact. Oh, really? Now, I've been eating um, over the course of a year or two, mm. right, just here and there. I don't know, I'm a big on ice cream, but I'll have the occasional. I've had the like uh, Magnums mm. of various flavours, the mm. Connoisseur of various flavours, mm-hmm. um, various one-offs of, you know, stock standards. And I'm not including in this the Cornetto or the drumstick because you know why? They are the only two ice creams that will never, ever let you down. I was going to say they've got something that others... Well, no, I think the Magnum sits in this as well. Magnum lets you down. Simplicity. Yeah, but... Why does Magnum let you down? uh, I just think... Well, they've shrunk in size. That's true. I don't think the ice cream's as good as in a drumstick or cornetto. And the, the crunchy bits on the outside just stick in your teeth and fall out. Whereas uh, <laughs> you're eating it wrong, Stu. <laughs> Can't blame the no, ice cream for the ice cream great. wielder. If you think of a drumstick or cornetto, yes, uh, you eat the f- the top bit off, right? Yeah, to, down to the the lip of the cone, mm-hmm. and from there it's just a joyride. You're just going to chip it away at the cones. It's no mess, no fuss. So you get to that very end, chocolatey <laughs> yeah. bit. Sounds like other ice creams stress you out a little more than. <laughs> It's a joyride. Well, they do stress to, me out. Do they? Yes. Because <laughs> I found I've, I've got. In fact, uh, thanks for reminding me. I've got a dental appointment a week today. That's been three months waiting list. Oh, I've noticed I can't eat chocolate or ice cream. Oh, uh, without my teeth hurting. Oh, or drink water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or breathe. <laughs> 
Breathing's still going all right. It's not winter yet. But yeah, I wanted to get the winter holes. So Fat Club's not going well, he says, while he tells us a story about an ice cream. Well, I just. Do we need to do. Anyway, the story I'm telling you is. Okay, yes. There are things in life that don't let you down, much like people. The corner on the drumstick is not a person. No. Right? Yeah. A cookies and cream connoisseur with peanut butter frits on it. Yeah. That's a person. Right. It'll let you down. Right. Promises a lot, (laughs) delivers very little. (laughs) Right. And leaves a mess. I see. Hmm. I don't know if I've got a see. For me, I think the Magnum's that. It's just so simple, and I, and if I ever ask for one, and something else comes back, oh, the disappointment. Whereas if if I didn't know there was a Magnum coming, and someone brought something else, I'd be like, fantastic. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. But no, no, can't. Well, it's just like <sighs> highly processed, manufactured sweets are no good flavor wise. Mm. None of them are good. Right? Yeah. They just don't taste good anymore. Chocolate doesn't taste good anymore unless oh you buy gosh. the expensive stuff. Oh, my God. I thought you were going to say some things that weren't depressing today. Chocolate doesn't taste good anymore? <laughs> I was going to say chocolate and ice cream. <laughs> you but, are a bad man. Well, no, I'm not. <laughs> and even alcohol at times. Oh, no. Like I'm, I'm searching. <laughs> I, I tend to go searching for something that's going to sate the beast. What's in the water around at your house? Well, whiskey. Right. That's uh, still Okay. No. no, I even bought an expensive bottle of whiskey that just tasted just not thank you are. So I went and bought a cheap bottle of whiskey and it was good. Okay, listen, I'm going to tell you a story that's got nothing to do with any of that yeah. because I, um, you know, that was my happy story by the way. Oh, this is great. Yeah. They yeah. really picked things Happy-wise up. Everyone's having a great morning. <laughs> <laughs> we all still love you, Stu. It's mm. okay. I'm trying. I went uh, on the weekend to, of course, the library. Um, Okay, look, I didn't say it was an action-packed story. Is it the local library? I went to the local library. Oh. And it's I... Like the Bendigo. No, but I had, because I... The Bendigo Library being amazing, as you know. Did it have books in it? The Bendigo Library? Well, just like copies of TV Week and Who Magazine and... Wow. Uh, a Frogger Machine. Wow. Is that what the Bendigo Library is The like? Bendigo Library is actually one of those really good libraries, like an amazing one with new building that looks like a spacecraft and like a huge big chair with like you know, like a, a kind of magical place. It's got nooks that you can hide in, that kids can hide in. And there's like, if you turn around a corner, sometimes there's like a surly teenager curled up with an iPhone, with, a, with like hugging, like it just in a tiny little kind of space that's made for n- You just described a future serial killer. Yep. <laughs> anyway, it's... um. And but actually, what actually what the library is full of? It's built, it's built to look like this kind of amazing, like young Nerd people town. space of yeah, hmm. I love it. It's fantastic, and it's full of all these great new shiny books that you just want to read all of them and stuff. Uh, but it, actually, what who's sitting in all the chairs? Pensioners, o- octogenarians, going. Now I think if you look though at uh, at what you find is that in 1845, and he was the brother's father's sister on the on the other side and they came from scotland and they're all doing their family histories like 150 people are in a very small space upstairs in the bendigo library doing that and that's that's the case in most libraries a designated space for that yeah but i actually don't know if there is in the bendigo library what but is there there a library for that? Library. can't you just stay at home and get on the internet and bother nobody else no well no actually you can't the internet's not great for gen- genealogy and all what that if you stuff. paid bunny yeah, you can pay someone to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, that's not that they're, they're wanting to discover things about themselves. I'd I like to tell know you, this. I'd is, like to be able to do that because I have no family history, zero. It is a massive, <coughs> massive thing. 
Like there are people, researchers, if you're a researcher in that area, you'll be all right because there will be people constantly mm. wanting to do the, your family history. Maybe I should do that. Their family history. And um, you should find out about your family, by the way, because it's you can, pretty you, interesting. Well, yeah, and, that and stuff. My, my family's never been one to share the stories really. So. Yes, and those ones are always the ones that, most, that are most interesting. In my family history, which has been completely like to the point of like we, everything is no, no, not really. But mm. it's been quite well, – there have been a few people prior to me who have been interested in this and done some really serious research, taken some real time and done it. Um, that that It's the stuff where there are, fa- there are parents who just shrug when you say, you know, where are your parents from and stuff. There always is an interesting story behind that. It's, pretty, it's a pretty interesting thing to do. Right. And you, sir, what? have an interesting family because you've got uh, – what have you got? Russians and Scots? I think and so. Like, but you don't I even know. I've got Scots because I've got – I, I had grandparents with Scottish accents. I'm not entirely convinced I know what's going on with my mum's mum. No, because and that was a World War II story, wasn't it? Yes. And her, my mum's father – Died when she was 12 in a hit and run uh, thing when they came here to Australia or something. Whoa. So I don't know anything else beyond that. Whoa. I don't even have a recipe. Do they do recipes in family Whoa. trees? <laughs> Surely. I mean, that's what it's all about. It's about the recipes and the stories and the who said what's. And sometimes I, it's really hard to find out. And sometimes it's coming to money. Yeah, I know that that's Hi. what you want. But I oh, don't think Dark that's. Dark or what are you. <laughs> it's Juvie. <laughs> Dark Shan, it's stupid. <laughs> Cha-ching. Um, no, we the, you, the, and you find out lots of stuff. We, there was also there's also sometimes code. So if somebody if somebody's name doesn't turn up on their birth certificate until later on, it means that you know, like they're all sorts of like that. He was born out of wedlock, and then they got oh, married, and then that. they were able to whatever, right? Yeah. And um, things like if somebody was shot in the foot in the war, uh, no, had shrapnel wounds to the foot. Mm. That often means they shot themselves in the foot to get out of the war. And like there are all sorts of like little tricks that people know who are actual researchers. So it's quite good to sometimes if you want to do do it properly to get somebody mm. to talk to you about it. Will do. Anyway, why are we talking about that? Oh, yeah, because I went to the non-Bendigo library. But the reason I went to the – sorry, I went to the local library, right, after we got back from Bendigo on the long weekend or whatever it was, Easter. Get back to Melbourne, go to the ben- to go to the Melbourne Library, one of the Melbourne ones, local one, and realise I left my wallet in Bendigo. Mm. You know how you were saying I'm not an adult. <laughs> no, you're not. Well, there you go. I thought of you. I didn't tell you. I deliberately kept it from you. Mm. Anyway, and so I went. Oh no, I've left my wallet in Bendigo, and. I I don't have any ID and I don't have my library card and I'm standing here having spent just I didn't know you an offensive amount of time in the library getting four million books that I could could literally could not carry mm. I had a thing that I had them in ridiculous it was a pram so it was okay I was able to do that um and the woman said to me and I hadn't seen her in the library before. Mm. Um, I, I, as you rightly said, I know a little bit some of the other people there. Didn't know this one terribly well. Said to her, ah, oh, doesn't matter. It's okay. And she said, it's okay, Lauren. And I looked up and she said, hi. And I said, hi, Jackie. Mm. And then I, I thought, oh, why did I say that? Who's this person? <laughs> and she said, how are you going? And I said, good. And her name's Jackie. 
I obviously know that on some subliminal level. I don't know who she is. I don't know how I know her. Really? Did you ask? No. She said, I said, how are you? And I was about to say, what's the context we know each other in? But then she was said, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Um, you've obviously been busy gesturing at, you know, offspring mm. and stuff. And it was too late. It was gone. The moment was gone. But I brought up Hi Jackie from nowhere mm. and I do not know how this person fits in. And I've been trying because apparently I've read all these articles about how with things like that, sometimes if it's just on the edge of your subconsciousness, um, that if you sleep, it comes to you. So I've been trying to get, get lots of sleep and I'm like, I wake up and go, oh, Jackie from my, you know, Mother's I don't group. know. It'll be a mother's group. Something. Thing. I don't have a mother's group and don't use the word mother's group anywhere near me ever again. It well, it's not that and it's not I can't find the context in my head. Series. No. But I've I this organic is, coffee shop. No. And I've done this. I've done like I've de- tried to divide my life up into also but I have never Japanese I have never done house. this. No. No. No, I don't know what it is. And I mm. there's a I have a vague couple of senses that lead me in certain directions but nothing that I feel like they might be misleading anyway has that ever happened to you no obviously not no I don't remember anyone's name ever oh don't you so that doesn't help has that ever happened to anybody oh, please let me know well I remember the guy um the guy Dale from uh the bottle shop on Rathdown Street right I I bought a, a bottle of vodka there once yes and then he uh he goes oh that's only f- $55 and it was like 60 on the shelf or something. Yeah. I said, what? And he said, oh, that's the stupidly small discount. I love Dale. I said, really? I love Dale. Oh, I was stoked. Oh, I said, thanks, man. the best. And I had to be walking the dogs somewhere once near the shop. Yeah. And looked up and it was him and I said, G'day, Dale. And I remembered and I was very charmed. Oh, did you for the rest of the street just pat yourself on the High back? High-fiving grandmas. I would have been so excited. But no, because I am ordinarily quite bad. No, no, that's the I sort of thing. Because I faces, let alone names. Yeah. I've got facial uh, dyslexia or facial blindness. Facial blindness. (laughs) 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 Stupid. Stuart, what's in my phone is an article that I read. I have no idea how come it came to me somehow. But anyway, uh, and it's called An Experimental Autism Treatment Cost Me My Marriage. It was in the New York Times. I think someone tweeted it a couple of weeks ago or something. Anyway, um, it's really interesting because... Am I allowed to ask you about this one or...? Yes. So what's it about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, sometimes, yeah, I do say, don't ask me because I don't remember the details of the article. But I do remember this one. I thought you this... said, don't ask me because I haven't read it. Sometimes I do say that. Mm. Um, but I always admit that. Anyway, uh, this mm. is about this bloke, right? And he... Uh, was autistic and he um, said that that made him think in certain ways and that he, you know, it limited him in certain ways and he always thought of it as a limitation. Mm. And um, But then he was offered this treatment and that they said that this will change the way you think. And he said, well, bring it on because I'd really like to do that. And I've always felt that Uh, you know, this is the thing that I'd like to be better at. And he had it happen to him. He, it, and it happened and it worked and it worked extraordinarily well Mm. and it destroyed him. 
Like he, he's, How does improving he's yourself writing the article. You? Well, because he says that's a real misconception. It wasn't an improvement. He said, I felt like it was improving myself. But he said, my wife and my kids and stuff, I think he's got one kid anyway, loved me for who I was. Did he turn into a jerk? No, he didn't. He turned into, he started, he, he didn't have a lot of empathy for other people before he sort of sort of everything was a bit in blinkers and then all of a sudden he started empathizing all over the place over empathizing and he at work he was empathizing with and so but people needed him not to that's why he was good at his job because he just got the thing done and he didn't care and he like whatever it wasn't that he was unkind before it was just that he that's the way he functioned Mm. and it turns out in his marriage his wife was uh, a bit of a stressor and a bit of a warrior and uh, had depression a bit, yeah. um, or issues anyway, with mental her mental health, and he could not deal with it. And he said that one of the reasons their marriage worked so well was that when she was like that, I was like, uh huh, you know what I mean? He she, he just didn't kind of it didn't make a difference to him, and he would just get on with business, and it kind of helped her. Mm. And then when he suddenly was on the empathy was on high alert. He, it was just, oh, no, I don't know how to deal with this. I care too much about you. Why are you feeling like this? And then he became, and it was horrible. And their marriage was kind of destroyed. Um, What it did do, I think, was bring him closer to, yes, he does, his one son, bring him closer to his son and who also is on the spectrum and they were able to talk about what it all meant and stuff. But anyway, it's a fascinating article if you're interested in all that kind of and stuff. And when was that in the New Yorker? New York Times. New York Times. Uh, the New York Times, an experimental autism treatment cost me my marriage by John Elder Robert- Robertson. Right. We'll so, check yeah. that out. Now, Lauren Clark, where can people find out uh, some more information about the Stupidly Small podcast? <laughs> well, Stuart Farrell, they can find us at stupidlybig.com, stupidly big on Facebook, stupidly big on Twitter, stupidly big on iTunes. Yes. And uh, small on well, either. Okay. Really. Yeah. And don't forget, they can post boxes mm. at fourteen thirty six Fitzroy North three zero six eight. I'm going to go and make my bi monthly check of that soon. So I wouldn't rush into anything, Stu. Take it easy. No, they still remember <laughs> us down there, so that's a nice thing. But, and we've got we've got uh, voicemails we're playing. Oh my God, we've been forgetting. People have been ringing. People are idiots. As by per the way. request, you are idiots. You are uh, honestly. Oh. Have you You're heard? Idiots. Have you heard them? No, I don't ah, listen to the show. There's somebody who is ringing up, but, but you're idiots. Let's just say Can that. We I think we're being trolled. Friday then. I think we're being trolled. Maybe we will. We'll see. All right, we'll see how we go. Stu Farrell. for the first day of the month. Pleasure as usual. See you then. Ciao. See you next month. Bye-bye.